Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 8 of Revelation chapter 21. And we're continuing to look at verses 4 and 5. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Well, we were looking at verse 4 last time, and uh, this is, again, a wonderful verse that the Lord has given in his word, the Bible, that is very comforting and hopeful, and God is speaking to his people throughout all time and all generations And especially today, the people of God that have lived through a grievous period of great tribulation and have struggled through that time and now have entered into the day of judgment and the the world has just increased in wickedness, evil has multiplied everywhere, Um, the Uh, souls of the righteous are vexed day by day with the unlawful deeds of the people all around them. And the child of God also, of course, is troubled by the sin that is within himself, in his own body. And so there is much sorrow, much uh, affliction and tribulation. And uh, it's just encouraging when we can read a scripture like this where the Lord points our attention to that glorious day when all these things are past. They are gone forever. And and God says he will wipe away all tears from their eyes. And then he emphasizes it again. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. God will wipe away all tears. It's interesting when we look at the word tears in the Bible, we find primarily the word tears relates to God's people. That is, we don't find this word used very often at all. Actually, rarely is it used with the unsaved. One Exception is in Hebrews 12, in verses 16 and 17. It says, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though... He sought it carefully with tears. And that's one of the, the few places that I could find in the Bible 
where an unsaved person, as Esau was, is identified as um, someone shedding tears. And what's interesting about that is that's a time after the blessing has been given, and then Esau is seeking the blessing, and and uh, he's doing what he should have done previously, what would have been a good thing if he had done it earlier, at, at a time before the blessing was given, and yet he's doing it after the fact, when it's too late. And so his shedding of tears at that point is not a good thing. But look look at what the Bible has to say about tears. We're going to read several verses, beginning in the Psalms. In Psalm 6, God, in this short little psalm, is speaking of chastisement and rebuke. And that normally comes to the believer for their sins. And it says in verse 5, For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. And the context uh, leads us to understand that this is referring to someone who is troubled as a result of of sin? They're they're vexed uh, uh, with the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. In Psalm forty-two, it says in verse three, "My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God?" Now here it's referring to a true believer. And he is seeking after God. The previous verse says he thirsteth for God. And yet his tears are said to be his meat day and night. In Psalm 126, it says in verse 5, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. In in these couple of verses, God is relating the sowing of the gospel to shedding tears. It is a sorrowful thing to bring the word of God, which is a savor of death unto death, to the unsaved. And, and we could weep as we, uh, in the day of salvation, shared the word of God to multitudes that were in darkness, and many uh, would remain in that condition. Of course, we had great hope that, that of those that were receiving the seed that would, that was being sown, God would have his elect. In, um, Jeremiah chapter nine, it says in verse one, Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Of course, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet because he had such sorrowful news for the people of Judah 
they were under the judgment of God. God was judging his own people. And so uh, it says also in Jeremiah 13, in verse 17, But if ye will not hear it, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride, and mine eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears, because Jehovah's flock is carried away captive. In Jeremiah 14, in verse 17, Therefore thou shalt say this word unto them, Let mine eyes run down with tears night and day, and let them not cease. For the virgin daughter of my people is broken with a great breach, with a very grievous blow. Tears are being shed because God's wrath has come upon the Jews, the people of Judah, which typifies the judgment of God on the corporate church at the time of the Great Tribulation. And God's people learned that information as the Lord unsealed his word and he He unsealed the scriptures and knowledge increased. And so the people of God living at the time of the end began to understand that the the church age was over, that God was commanding them to come out of the church, that all that remain were tares to be bundled for the fire, and it was very sorrowful information. And, and so it, the Lord relates it to uh, weeping, and, and uh, he ties it to the shedding of tears day and night. And as the people of God had to share these things with their former brethren, with those that call themselves Christians, just like they call themselves Christians, and and yet there was much sorrow because they did not hearken. They did not obey God and come out of the church. And, and so it was a very sad thing. Now in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul is saying here in Acts 20, in verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And then further on in this same chapter, it says in verse 26, Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. And a little further down, it says in verse 31, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And with that statement, the Apostle Paul is connecting watching and warning, which God also does in Ezekiel 33, with the watchman. When he sees the sword come, he has a responsibility to blow the trumpet and warn the people. And so the Bible is linking together 
the role of a watchman in warning people and the shedding of tears. And, and that ties in with sowing the gospel with tears, uh, going forth weeping, coming again with the sheaves in the time of harvest, rejoicing. So the, the whole period of sharing the gospel is likened to weeping, to shedding tears. And, of course, in Revelation 21, this is the end of Judgment Day, and, and God has ended the evangelization of the earth at the beginning of Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, and all throughout until the very last day, when the heavens and the earth do pass away. And when the heavens and the earth pass away, so too does the the role of the watchman or the role of the evangelist or the need for sowing seed upon the hearts of men with tears. There is no more tears, no more weeping and, and crying for the people who will not listen or hearken to the word of God. We've um, been used by God, the people of God have, as God moved within his elect to will and to do of his good pleasure to send forth that gospel. And God's people have been as ambassadors beseeching others in Christ's stead to be reconciled to God. It's as though we were begging people, Oh, won't you, won't you go to God while he may be found? All of that, of course, was within the time of the day of salvation, the time when God was saving the the true believer, was a humble servant. We we went forth as a messenger of God with his word, and, and we would plead with people, cry for mercy, cry for mercy, because God is a merciful God. And especially at the end, we would let people know that God is saving a great multitude. And, and so go to him. It's very possible you might be included in that number and he might have mercy upon you. And and all this is done according to the Bible with tears. And, and of course, many times true believers did actually cry, even though that's not necessary to uh, understand what God is saying in his word. There could be someone very faithful who... Uh, for whatever reason, it, it, he, he didn't shed any actual tears, but in bringing the gospel, it was as though he were shedding tears. But there's many of God's people that have shed actual tears, especially for their own family, and as they prayed for them and, and besought the Lord, and, oh Lord, they, they don't see, they don't hear, they don't understand. They're continuing on. Won't you uh, ha- have mercy again in the day of salvation? And and yet God now at the point of judgment day into eternity future has wiped away all tears, 
All tears, no more tears are shed. God doesn't liken Judgment Day, actually, to a time of shedding tears. Notice what he says in Luke chapter 6. The Lord says in verse 20, And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. And and again, this is making reference to the time in which salvation was possible. God's people wept at that point. Now, now is the day of salvation, but they will at a future point laugh. And when we we read further on, then the Lord speaks to the wicked, to the unsaved, and he says in verse 23, Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. And the future tense is pointing to the time of judgment day. That's when those that laugh now, before the day of judgment arrived, and that would have been the time of the day of salvation, uh, they they will mourn and weep. There, there will come the period... And like Esau, he he begins to uh, beseech his father Isaac for the blessing in the day of judgment, and he's shedding tears. Not at the time when the blessing was available, but afterwards, at a time when the blessing has already been given. And that's exactly the spiritual case today. The blessing of God, which is salvation, has been bestowed upon all those elect whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and it has been given. It's over, it's done with, it's completed. But now, there's individuals that are Esau typified. They want to continue the day of salvation. They even will will use language very faithful to the bible that uh, that speaks of god doing the saving and and they are as esau they want to continue the sending forth of the gospel therefore they're beseeching with tears because the sending forth of the gospel identifies with tears those that are continuing to say God is still saving, God is still merciful, it's still the day of salvation, are, as Esau, they're trying to manipulate God with tears or with this um, evangelistic gospel in the day of judgment, when that, that cannot be, because God will have judgment without mercy. There There is... No more tears at that point for God's people. They're no longer weeping. They're no longer mourning. They're no longer sowing with tears. Now 
It's the time of laughing in the sense that God will not hear. And, and the people of God are identified with him in judgment as Christ comes with ten thousands of his saints. Well, let's go back to Revelation 21. And it says, And there shall be no more death, and we, we've we talked about that, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now the word, the Greek word translated passed away here, is a different Greek word than was used back in verse 1. Where in verse 1 it said, For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Well, that word in verse 1 was Strong's number 3928. This word in verse 4, the former things are passed away, is Strong's number 565, a very different word. And this word um, is often translated as departed, or went away, uh, or gone. And and that's the idea. The former things are gone. They have gone away. They have ceased to exist. The old world and the old heavens are gone. They have departed. And the word former here in verse 4 is a word that's often translated as first. Um, for instance... If we go to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. And I wanted to read that because that is the process that God has established first the natural, then the spiritual. First you have the earthly man, Adam, then you have the heavenly man, Christ Jesus. First you have the physical earth, this this present world, then you have a new earth. And we, we can't even describe what kind of earth that's going to be. We We don't know. Uh, but but the pattern is earthy then spiritual and and so the first things are passed away the first things are gone now also the word former here in verse 4 is translated as first um again back in verse 1 of revelation 21 where it says the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and and so uh, we could read the last part of verse 4, For the first things are departed, or the first things are gone. And, uh, and that would relate to that opening statement concerning the first earth and the first heaven. Well, we'll get into verse 5 in our next study. It's really uh, another very hopeful verse. Uh, because God speaks of making all things new. And, uh, you know, the Lord knows how incredible these things are, the, these statements that he's making. Uh, they're 
They're very straightforward. First heaven and first earth are passed away, and and there's a new heaven and a new earth. Um, I make all things new, but they're gigantic statements, and and so God assures us, and He does this not not because uh, there's any doubt of His word or or any possibility His word could. Uh, could fail, but he does this for our sake, our weaknesses sake, when he, he says these words are true and faithful. And so Lord willing on our next study, we'll, we'll look at verse five and, uh, these encouraging statements. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's evening Bible studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.